Welcome to the Developer's Road, the podcast that's dedicated to helping developers discover and build the next version of their careers. Join me as we hear the stories, the views, and the predictions from some of the top industry leaders. Then discover how to use their successes and failures as a roadmap for our own careers. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and check us out at developersroad.com. I'm Tony Champion. Thanks for joining me. And this is the Developer's Road. All right, so welcome back to the Developer's Road podcast. I've got Beth Massey back with me today. Um, thanks for coming back, Beth. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, you want to do a quick introduction to yourself? Get, tell everybody who you are? Sure. Yeah, I'm Beth Massey. I'm uh, the product marketing manager for the .NET platform at Microsoft and on the board of directors the .NET Foundation. I've been in the .NET community for a very long time, probably. And I started Microsoft in 2007. So I've got 20 years under my belt to be in the software industry. So, um, and I know a lot of uh, a lot of .NET community folks. And so, thanks for having me on your show. Oh yeah, that's my pleasure. Seriously, um, so definitely uh, we'll get to the .NET Foundation because I got some questions about that in a little bit. But I kind of want to start off uh, just kind of get them kind of a history, kind of you know some of the highlights of your career, kind of where you, you know, what got you to where you're at now? Um, Cause everybody starts somewhere and it's hard sometimes to see where the next step is much less the next 10 steps. So, yeah, sure. you know. Yeah, so, um, so sure it's gonna definitely age me, but um, I graduated, <laughs> yeah, I graduated the computer science degree from uh, Cal State Hayward. It's called Cal State East Bay now in the Bay Area. Um, and literally my first job, you know, I was, I was, you know, out of college. I wanted to take a break. I, I wanted like to year off living at home, you know, come on, mom, I don't need a job quite, quite yet. Right. <laughs> and, uh, she finds this job, uh, like no experience required programmer job in the newspaper. Like these were pieces of paper. My parents used to read. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I was like, oh, all right. So I faxed my resume into this was a small software development company building software for uh, hospitals and health insurance companies and things like that. So they were using Clipper at the time. So I interviewed, I got the job. I didn't know a thing about Clipper. Like when you graduate college, they te they were teaching me like C and, you know, right. like, all, like I thought I was going to get a, you know, a scientific job, you know, large mm -hmm. little labs or something like that. My, my parents and my sister are all scientists, like real scientists. I was just a computer scientist. So anyways, I learned Clipper out of a book. Um, I was handed a book, learned Clipper, um, learned it really fast. Then, um, then basically one of the pivotal moments I think at that company was um, they gave me a really big salary jump because I recommended that instead of Clipper, we should use FoxPro because FoxPro, we could literally just recompile our Clipper code and we still have a DOS-based you know, solution for our customers, the same thing they had, but we'd also be able to like build a Windows and, you know, and, and Unix like versions too. And so they were like, really? And so we did, we moved to Fox and I, from there um, started getting involved with like some of the forums that were Fox Pro based kind of forums back then. And the internet was just literally like the programmable web was just starting and .NET didn't exist yet, you know? And uh, we were on CompuServe forums like a lot of times, mm -hmm. EDS, right? And so there was this, there was this web-based forum though um, called uh, Universal Thread that was dedicated to FoxPro community. And that community, um, I feel like really helped shape who I am today, believe it or not. Um, I started asking questions. There were overwhelming number of people willing to help. 
um, we built a successful company on, on, on Fox Pro with this, this company that I was at. And then I started to give back. Um, and, you know, I, from there, my career went to New York and I worked at a consulting company and um, we, we moved to .NET. Um, it was, you know, VB. I was a VB.NET programmer for many years. Um, and I always gave back, you know, I always felt like it was, you know, it was the reason why I was there, you know, reason why my career was where it was is because of the community helped me get there. And so I always wanted to give back. So I became a, I was awarded a Microsoft MVP um, in, I think it's like, oh, what was the first one? 2005. Um, and then uh, in 2007, I was offered a position at, at Microsoft as a visual basic community champion, basically. So at that time, uh, it was, you know, VB.net and uh, built a lot of just community programs and, and websites and content and, and stuff for Visual Basic develop, Visual Basic.net developers. It was kind of funny because I came from Fox Pro and we always argued with Visual Basic, like four, five, six developers that they're, you know, that's not really a real programming language and you really want to be object oriented and you really want Fox Pro because it's got language integrated query and it's object oriented in 1995. But, you know, BB, you know, one. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's cool. Um, and so, yeah, so I started full time in 2007. Um, I actually worked on before that, I actually worked on the Fox Pro team as a, as a, as a vendor. I wasn't like a, um, a full time employee. But in 2003, I worked as a, a vendor on the Fox Pro team, um, and I built Fox Pro 8, which you know was the second to last version of the product. Uh, but so it was kind of like a actually a dream come true at that point. I think in 2003 because it was like, wow, I I started in Fox Pro and I'm on the team that builds Fox Pro. I mean, my life is complete, right? Like I was like, you know, 30 years old, my life's complete. I'm, it's like, I don't need anything anymore. Like I should just retire. Um, of course, that, <laughs> of course, 9-11 happened and that we all kind of, you know, things changed, life changed and worlds changed. But yeah, but then later uh, getting a, getting an offer from Microsoft was um, pretty amazing. A full-time position was pretty amazing. Um, and from there, you know, it just, I was the community manager for the .NET team for a while, um, and I joined uh, the marketing organization uh, five, five, little over five years ago, um, become the product marketing manager for the .NET um, team. So even though I'm not on the engineering team, I'm in the marketing organization. I work very closely with you know Scott Hunter and team um, on you know the execution of the go-to-market for for .NET now, and it's been incredibly fun. It's just been a wild ride, let me put it that way. Nice. I, I owe this all to my mom reading the newspaper, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always the little things, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's cool. So, you know, and Microsoft has done, I mean, I mean they've you know, the MVP program's been around for what 25, 30 years now. It's been, it been around for a yeah. stretch, but I mean, in Microsoft's always embraced the developers. I've always loved that. And then the, you know the open source movement that's happened over the, what it's, I guess it's been longer than five years now, last five, 10 years where Microsoft's really started pushing that is really kind of opened up community even more for Microsoft. And so it's been fun to see that. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see you can just kind of the growth there as a company and such. And uh, just the, the sheer volume of, you know, developer advocates you have out there and, you know, there's just, a big culture shift for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, right around. Yeah. So it was, God, I think, okay, so the foundation was founded in, in 20, 
14. Um, and that we initially open sourced the Roslyn Donna um, compiler right. platform um, that had been being worked on for a while, actually, prior. So and so Roslyn was, you know, initially um, envisioned to be open source. Okay. Um, and it was like, probably started, I'm going to get this probably wrong, and you should probably just have Mads or Dustin on the show, but um, it was probably started in 2010 or 11. Um, and, but because of the culture at the time, it wasn't like the only thing that was really open source was ASP.NET was the web team, you know, um, it was like 2012, I think that it, it was open source on, on CodePlex back in those days. Yep. Um, so, but the rest of the platform and almost the rest of the company, you know, there was no open source programs office like we have today. There was like every, like it was, it was the Balmer years and it was not like in any of the company culture to really be open, open, you know, with the development. And so it did, it was an interesting culture shift. So, um, you know, having Scott Hunter, his team merged with the .NET platform team, it's all one team now, one dot, big .NET happy family now. Back then it was, there was, there was kind of a different teams in different divisions even. And so, um, you know, when I was on the platform team, um, it was like an incredible, uh, incredibly exciting actually to, you know, pull the trigger and decide, you know, we're going to build, you know, .NET Core from scratch in the open, right? Yep. We're going to take all this .NET framework goodness that we have, right? And, and all, and leave all the bad stuff and move all the good stuff, you know, incrementally into this thing called .NET Core. So we announced that. Like, so after Roslyn was released, um, it, it was at build 2014 that Handers like pushed the button to release that open source. Um, and that was a, that was a good chunk of code that we put out there already. Cause like I said, we were building it already, right. but .NET Core was like announced in the, in November that same year. And that we were just going to open source the whole entire enchilada at that point. And it was, I was not in marketing yet. Um, and, you know, marketing was like, you know, pigs flying and like things like that, you know, it was kind of fun, but I was more on this, on the side where it was trying to stand up the foundation itself. And um, I worked, you know, as a community manager still at that time. And, you know, we were trying to, you know, get the engineering team, like before the engineering team was behind kind of a, behind the wall of the Microsoft wall in a right. way right? and you had community managers that would facilitate feedback and you know channels and that sort of stuff from your customers so what ended up happening is you ended up bringing like there, there's like there's zero distance between the customers and the engineers building the the projects now right and so that that kind of culture shift like making I remember having conversations like an email and going shouldn't we be having this on github you know with you know, like, right, like, and right. what's the level of, what level of communication can we, like, should be doing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it was super interesting. And the, the team just, like, became, like, their own, you know, social engineers. And, like, they work every single day with customers out in those repos now. And so I was, like, well, you know, they don't really need a community manager. Let me try the marketing thing. So I joined the marketing organization, um, yeah, like, five years ago because we were, full steam ahead at that point with with.NET Core and, and that sort of thing. And I just thought like, let's find something else to do and still be part of be part of .NET and help, you know, the go-to-market strategy and learning, learning that part of the business, I guess, was interesting from a coming from a computer background, 
right? right? So it's easier, I think, to teach marketing to a computer science person than computer science to a marketing person. And I think that's kind of how Microsoft, we have very technical marketing people. Like my team, um, super technical, I'll have, I'll have computer science degrees too, um, some MBAs and stuff. But that, um, that was the team that I'm on now is literally developer tools and languages marketing. So Visual Studio, Visual Studio Code, .NET, you know, that, you know, GitHub. <laughs> We're all on the Azure marketing team now uh, under Azure apps. But the, the, the interesting thing was just that progression of going from like a coder, you know, a Fox Pro coder to a .NET developer to a consultant, but still staying within like very technical role. Coming into Microsoft, switching to more of a program management role, right? Which is still technical, but not writing code every day. That was a shift right there, by the way. That was just a really hard shift at that moment in time in 2007, right? Well, that's it, that's a tough one, right? I mean, yeah. you seem, if you grow through any career, I mean, you know, switching to a marking is one thing, but you know, also you've got, you know, it seems like you always run into that at some point, you know, you've got, typically it's the, do you want to stay a coder or do you want to become management? You know, yeah, and go and more lead well, the direction of things, and so it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And it's more programming. So, so I went into a little bit more like engineering management, like before I joined Microsoft. Like that was I wasn't really, I didn't really like people management, right? <laughs> so program management was hard just because it's like projects are like not as um, it's not like you have a set of tasks that you have to get through, right? bug 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 build this check 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 off the boxes stand up and you know that okay back to coding it's it's like every day is different <laughs> like you ne never know what's going to happen sometimes you can you know project planning you can do a little bit more okay this has kind of happened at this certain date and work back but sometimes it's just like bulls land in your lap and you got to figure out how to get them off of your lap so that was a shift. And then from mar then marketing ended up being like is almost more creative in a way too. So like you guys, it's very creative. Um, so storytelling and things like that. So I think that's that's kind of like how you know my brain maybe has evolved too over the years. Like I don't think I could go back to coding every single day. Now I do code heaven help me once in a while. Like I do that <laughs> websites and, you know, cause like in marketing, I need a website, you know, like I actually help, you know, .NET conf is coming up. Like me and Javier Lozano, like, you know, help, he helps me when I mess up the website, but like we, we built the website. Okay. So um, I, I can still do some of that and I still use Visual Studio and I can get along um, and GitHub, but the, the more, I think the more things I'm passionate about, is um, more higher level storytelling and you know working with PR and trying to kind of fit, like explain .NET in one sentence, right? That's kind of yeah. like the job of like you know getting marketing the top of the funnel basically and under getting other developers to kind of look at .NET. Like it's it's a very complex soup. It's an ecosystem, right? It's very hard to explain sometimes, right? Yep. It's not just a language. It's multiple languages, right? Like what is .NET, right? So so to, to, in order to simplify it, you know, we we tell stories, right, about different different types of workloads depending on what you're building. We tell a different story. Um, I think the unification of the platform itself, as it comes together, as Mono comes together, and we're kind of simplifying the implementation itself. 
the story comes together too, right? right. A little bit, but um, but yeah, and it's just about keeping it honest because, <laughs> you know, you know, developers don't like being marketed to, right? But they all like stickers, but they don't like being marketed to. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a balance, you know. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So I have to ask them. So how do you explain .NET in one sentence? Yeah. So .NET is really an ecosystem of tools, of libraries, right? Of packages, of projects. Okay. So, you know, it's really, it's, it's really um, your platform for building anything, right? And yep. you can build anything with .NET. So that's kind of what well, usually what we, we introduce .NET. Like, nice. That is your platform for building anything and showing all the workloads so that you can build. And then how, how does that work? You know, and then you start peeling an onion layer off as you go in. Um, but, you know, the .NET website, we worked pretty hard, um, you know, dot it goes to .NET Microsoft.com, right? Um, that that tagline up there, you know, it's just you know free, you know, cross-platform, open source, you know, your platform for building all your apps. That was that was like, yeah, a lot of usability testing, a lot of like res message re testing. You know, um, we haven't changed it actually in a few years now. You know that. There was one thing like in marketing, I don't know, like if there's any marketing out there, people out there that you're going to be uh, talking to. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things I have learned is that if, you know, consistent messaging over and over and over again. Now, when you get tired of your consistent messaging, do it another two years. That's, <laughs> that's basically like, because <laughs> when you're tired of it, that just means, that means your audience is probably just getting it. Right. right? Yeah. You know? So, because you live it, um, so that's just kind of kind of advice from one of our uh, corporate vice presidents here in in marketing. She said that once, and I'm just like, that's it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, and it's yeah. you get tired of hearing it, but you know the, and I think that a lot of times though, when you get tired of hearing it, at that point you've got it polished. You know, if you if you're tired of hearing it, means you're not you're not stressing over. You're not trying to figure out how to do it better. You've for whatever, you know, for better or for worse, you've got it polished at that point and you can right. just, you know, rather so .NET is open source. Finally, people, <laughs> people kind of get that now. I remember going to a Java conference. I think it was like maybe four years ago and they're like, what it is? Like, Shit. <laughs> we still got to keep talking that, you so know? So it, yeah, so. it's starting. It's definitely, uh, um, it's definitely known now. Um, and you know, a lot of internal marketing had to happen too. Like, you know, yeah. start our own, company itself, you know, needed to, you know, embrace that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, but um, it's been fun um, along the way. Uh, so, you know, everybody hates marketing until you need marketing. So <laughs> I kind of stay behind the scenes now. I'm not as like, I'm not as out. I don't speak at conferences as much anymore. And so I'm, I'm more behind the scenes. Like I'm the one that writes all the PowerPoint. You know, I, I'm the one that like, you know, speech writing, but I don't do the speeches kind of thing now. And I like that a lot better as in a way it, it, it lets me do more things. You know, I can scale out through the, the, this awesome team of speakers that we already have, right. right. Um, this awesome community that we already have. Um, so I feel like I can, you know, I can just kind of help a little bit better, um, you know, being a little bit farther away and, I really just want to see some new faces, you know, we're really trying to bring some new faces through with our .NET Conf um, speaker selections this year and trying to, you know, 
um, mentor and just kind of cultivate like a younger, you know, kind of give the younger generation, I guess, the chance. I'm like, I feel like I'm the old generation at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, I was I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually. And uh, it's kind of one of the things I started this podcast for is just, you know, because, you know, I haven't been speaking as much as last timing was bad. I took a, a little burnout, needed a little bit of a break, I figured, but you know, about a year of just not doing stuff. And, you know, yeah. um, and I was just about at the beginning of the year, ramping up to start getting back in, you know, conferences and all that. And then, you know, this hit and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to take a little bit longer break than I thought. So, um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I got, get asked that a lot in some of the groups and such. And I'm like, I think, Again, it's just one of those, it's those baby steps that, you know, getting, you know, the younger, you know, developers and such in there need to understand that, you know, once you make it one or two steps up the ladder, whatever tech stack you're on or whatever, there are a ton of people behind you. And because that was one of the biggest mistakes I made trying to get into it was I thought I needed to be an expert and whatever it was, you know, and it was several lights when I started doing stuff. And, um, and it showed in my talks. I mean, my talks were so you know, 400, maybe 500 level type talks, because, yeah. you know, this is, well, people need to know this and I'd get blank faces when I'd talk, you know, talk on it and such. So, um, and then when I realized that it's not, you know, it's not that hard, you just basically, you know, once you learn one or two little things and just showing that to somebody else and whatever, you know, however your voice is, it starts making those, you know, that inroads. And before you know it, then you're, you're speaking at conferences if you want to, or you running, you know, open source projects that are big or, you know, whatever yeah. the kind of, wherever you kind of, your path it, leads you. It's true. When I was young, I, you know, the first time I was asked to speak, it was Fox, Fox Pro, Foxconn, like 2000 or something like that. And uh, I was super nervous. There, there was like, no way I wanted to get up on stage because I didn't know everything there was to know about Fox Pro development. And I like was going to be on stage with like, people that were experts like for years that I learned from and there was like no way am I going to do that and the the at the time the company I was working for um the CTO was like no you 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 are just fine and it's okay not to know everything you don't have to answer every question you know you could say I don't know that's a good question come up and get my card and we'll find out just do that and I'm like okay and I did and it was still a pretty deep talk like to your point I think you know I thought it wasn't enough and it was but and so yeah so I think like over the course of the years you know I was I you know before being like on the .NET you know core team as the community manager I was like doing a light switch so like like Silverlight right so it was it, it actually ended up giving me a little bit more um uh, low code, not no code, but low code, like kind of right. talks to. And so I think that, you know, I, 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 I tried to be not, you know, too, sometimes going too deep, um, gives like an aura of arrogance and you have right. to watch that, you know, you really have to watch that. Like you can ha- go have a deep talk, but not be arrogant though, but it's harder, you know, it's kind of harder. I mean, like, I, I felt like I was kind of like trying to, to exude the opposite in, you know, what, what I was talking about. I was like, yeah, I'm not Anders and I'm not Matt and I'm not Tony. Right. But I'm going to go talk like to you about, you know, how to build a business app quickly, right. you know, as fast as you possibly can and as easy as you possibly make it. Um, and you know, those, those, that was sort of my niche, I think, you know, it's like, and same thing because I, I was a visual basic like community person right. you know? and VB that's what VB is kind of 
core tenant was, right? It was like productive business apps, you know, and that's kind of where that was Foxbro too. But like, it was, it was kind of that area that I tried to stay in that zone and not go too deep, you know? Right. What some, I can't feel life of me think of who it was, but somebody in one of the speaking circles, I was at a conference and, you know, we were hanging out and talking and such. At, and I was bringing that up that, you know, I felt that I just was overshooting the audience too much. And it was, you know, and I could feel the impact. I mean, you can always tell when you're giving a talk that's just going over everyone's head. And, yeah. and somebody told me, you know, when tech talks, one of the biggest challenges that devs have is that you're not there to teach, you're there to inspire. Yes. You're there to show something that, hey, look, look, this cool little thing because no one's going to walk away and go, okay, so this dot this and pass these print. You can't, they're not going to learn any of that stuff. Right. And so there's no need to really, in most cases, and then there are those cases, you know, those, those deep, really deep dive spots. But for the most part, for conferences, for user groups and things like that, you're just there to inspire people to say, look, this is the cool stuff that you can do with whatever the stack is and go for you know go figure you know enough to get them to want to go home and go google it basically exactly i mean that's my job today like as the keynote you know we're pulling the keynote together it's all about either either like um confuse and amaze right <laughs> <laughs> right or and, and and inspire everything is always inspired but confuse and amaze uh, and you know excite right those are that's kind of yeah. like some excite and inspire like a confuse and amaze excite and inspire like it like the, the confusion you don't want to do the whole thing can't be confusing but like that one wow demo can be like way over everybody's head but it has to also have that inspirational kind of thing like whoa i didn't know i could do that you know kind of thing moment right, right. um and then you know and then that's kind of and then exciting right making people being excited about what you're showing them you know i think that always kind of kept that excitement I'm, i was kind of like an excitable you know lady on the speaking circuit like i was like oh, I, was, I look at old pictures of myself going what was i talking about why I, I i am italian so i use my hands a lot and so I would always look very, you know, excited, mm -hmm. but I think that that's like, that's what you're trying to do, right? Like you're saying, you're trying to inspire and excite people um, into just looking like, you know, looking into what you just showed them, not necessarily grokking the whole thing. Right. Um, yeah. That's more what a workshop's for. Yeah. <laughs> very true. So, yeah. The, I tell you what, the, I still to this day though, the most inspiring and energizing conferences had to be mixed. I love, I, I've missed those for so many years. There was just something about the energy that came out of those conferences. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it was great. It was in Vegas and all that, but those conferences, I mean, just had you from the second you walked in, the energy was insane and, you know, builds gotten better, but you know, when they rolled from that, you know, they rolled those off and uh, when build started up, it just, I think that they had a hard time with that. It felt like for a little while to kind of bring that, try to get that excitement level back up. I think the industry whole inter, whole like events industry is totally transformed too in COVID, yeah. right? So it's all virtual. Like with yeah. Donut Conf, we've always had a virtual conference. Um, so Donut Conf's always been virtual, uh, except for those sessions. Some of the sessions are recorded in studio, like or they're always live, but they were done in the studio, and then we would bring speakers from around the world via Skype in and whatever it was back in the day. It was like live meeting. But um, this year, it's like the first time we're going to, everybody's going to be at home. Like, yeah, everything. So the, everything going on is all in the cloud, basically. So we're all sitting at home. We all better have internet connections and <laughs> it's live show. So everything, everything can just fall apart. But um, yeah, this is going to be the first time that we're bringing in everybody, you know, into the broadcast and all going to be from home. Even, even the hosts, the producers, the moderators, everything behind the scene are going to be 
um, safe at home. But that's like, that's like a, only a small thing we had to kind of change for Donut Comp. Thinking about like the large conferences you're talking about, that's a completely different format. Right. right. Yeah. And that's just flipped. So like, how do you create, like, and how do you excite people and create that like connect connective tissue between the, you know, all the, the the activities you have and the networking and all that it's really hard to do. I mean, however, I, I still think that even when we get back together, the, the events industry will still have changed. It will still be different. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies have gotten a lot of, people have just gotten really good at doing virtual events, um, you know, and streaming and, you know, like everybody's on YouTube now. And, you know, I mean, it's like, it's almost like, um, almost like virtual event overload. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like some events are three days, some are two, some are 24 hours, some are like, you know, some are two weeks long. It's like, oh my God, like they, I feel like I'm going from event to event to event lately um, because yep. It's so easy, I think, or it's getting to that point. It's getting easy to execute um, these lower cost, even uh, online events. And if you think about it, it's, it makes it more accessible too, in a way. It does. You know, all you really need is a connection to the internet and you can participate and, you know, it saves you money. You don't have to fly anywhere. You have to, like companies, it's cheaper for companies to send somebody to a virtual event <laughs> than a physical yeah. one, right? Um, so we'll see. I. I do. I hear you. And I, you know, those, those, those big conferences and launch events and things like that, that you know, used to be in person, I think had to be in person because of the state of the technology we had at the time. We didn't That's have the internet. We didn't have these great, you know, zoom, you know, technology. We didn't have that stuff, you know, and, and I mean, the whole, the, the cloud, like our telecom, like everything has improved, you know, it just in the last, you know, five, 10 years that has allowed us to have these sorts of, um, experiences and they're only going to get better in my opinion. So, yeah, I think so. Um, it's, I definitely feel like you've got a tough job though ahead of you. Cause I mean, it's said the, you hit those bigger events and things like that. I mean, you leave, it's hard not to, you know, for me anyway, not to be, you know, one or two o'clock in the morning that night, you know, and, you know, back in the hotel room coding or, you know, trying out whatever got dropped and things like that. Cause you just, yeah. I mean, it's just so over the top energy. So I've, of all the you know conferences stuff you know virtual i've done you know been a part of it's there it's hard to get that across right you yeah. know so yeah yeah you don't have a dj blaring music in the room you know and <laughs> lights going everywhere and you know five thousand people screaming in a room when you know, somebody comes on stage so you know i guess it's kind of hard to carry that across to you know your... yeah Teddy, we all miss partying <laughs> maybe that's all it we is all miss the clubs. Maybe that's what it is huh. no i missed something yeah yeah but yeah very cool so so .NET Foundation. Um, talk to me about that and what's kind of its purposes and such like that. Sure. Um, so the, the mission of the foundation is really to create that, you know, center of gravity around, you know, .NET open source. Um, and, you know, we're, we've got a new board that just kind of came in. Um, and so like before this current board, the last board was actually elected. Um, we have a board of seven members. Um, six are elected. Um, 
One is appointed by Microsoft. I'm the appointed one. And this new board just came in. So next round of elections just completed. And so we've like established, I think, a cadence of um, voting as well so that they stagger. So we'll have some continuity with our board. So everybody on the last board, <laughs> except me, has gone, but now we've got a board in place where um, random, randomly we selected uh, board members to stay for two terms. And then from, from then on, we're gonna have a two, every other board member will be only voting on three at a time every okay. year. Okay, So that, that'll give us some continuity. And so anyway, just that's kind of like, I just wanted to mention that because um, a lot of the stuff that we have been trying to do for you know the last year and a half uh, is really about just getting operationally efficient and that's hard to do when you don't have that continuity um so we've got uh we've literally kind of streamlined our operations by you know hiring an outside you know company to manage that stuff for us which is like kind of freed up a lot of the you know busy work that the board members ended up having to take on in the previous iteration um so i'm super excited about what we can do with this current board coming in. Um, I'm on the I'm the marketing chair for the marketing committee. Uh, probably not a big surprise. Um, and we have an outreach committee. We have uh, we now have a new executive committee, which is going to help just streamline the board operations itself. Um, we've published all of our finances. We've finally gotten to the point where we've been we've got some transparency now and like the operation of what we do on what we spend money on. Um, most of our money goes to supporting like over 300 meetups through a meetup pro account meetup worldwide. Um, so that's where most of our funds go where we've got a sponsorship a corporate sponsorship committee so trying our membership committee so we've got members and corporate sponsors and we're trying to streamline how we um, because members apply to be into the foundation because we want to make sure that you have contributed to .NET in some way. Um, that's all. It doesn't have to necessarily be code contributions, but it should be some contribution to .NET. Um, and so to review those applications, it, it takes time, right? So we have a, a committee that's, that's kind of trying to streamline those operations. We have a committee that's uh, kind of more about like corporate membership to try and see like if we can get more funding, more get more corporations um, involved in caring about the future of some of the projects that they rely on every day in their businesses, right? So Octopus Deploy just joined as a corporate sponsor like last week. Um, so that was great to see because their core product is relies on open source itself and they want to give back and, and they care about the sustainability of open source. So we have a lot of work to do, I think, to, to get some more um, capital so that we can do even more. Um, but we have a projects committee. There's a whole projects lifecycle. Sean Walker is the chair of that. Um, bringing in new projects and accepting, you know, project uh, applications to, to be in the foundation. So it's really about like, we're just kind of starting to like, we were really baby and now we're starting to see some real good growth. And uh, I feel like we're, like, I, I feel like I speak, I remember when we like literally, like I was the secretary and had to sign like tax forms that like back in 2014, <laughs> right? When we just like literally applied as a biz, like a, we're a 501c6. Um, nonprofit in you know Washington State, and I remember just like that's it, just creating the entity. Like that was the the egg, right? It was involved in all the way to the point of now we have like you know we have a finance department, we have like you know we have operations, we have like this is like oh it's become a real, it's it's become more real. Let's put it right. that way. Um, but we still have a long way to go. 
Uh, we still have a long way to go. So we're, you know, getting crisp on our mission statements. Um, uh, we, like I said, we have a passionate board. Uh, we just did an all hands on, um, on Tuesday, uh, the October 13th. Uh, and, you know, we got some good questions, uh, you know, like um, it's just been, it's been, um, I think a, a good journey for me uh, personally, just being kind of involved with it for so many years, um, feeling like, you know, feeling kind of frustrated at sometimes, you know, not being able to do the things we wanted to do. Um, but I finally feel like there, I finally feel very hopeful for some of the, um, some of the, some of these initiatives that each of the committees are putting forward. So go ahead and go into github.com whack.net dash foundation. That's the org for the foundation. You'll see all the committee working groups, all the repos there, all the activity kind of happening um, in that organization. Um, if you want to be a member, you know, go to .net foundation.org. And then this is like at the top of the menu, like you can apply to be a member. Um, you know, we've got project spotlights going on. You get to know some of the projects within. I mean, we have like, I think about a hundred projects now at this point um, in the foundation. So we help mostly with like the, you know, just operations of the projects themselves, you know, like, you know, build servers if they need it, you know, code signing, things like that. Some of the basic stuff. Um, but yeah, we're trying to expand that legal services, obviously, too. We have legal is actually a big chunk of the, the, the finance. Um, always is. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's other, obviously, other areas we'd love to expand within. It just takes some um, capital, which we are, you know, actively trying to, to get more of that. Um, but yeah, so if you aren't in the foundation, Tony, I would suggest that you would apply to be a member because you I have am in the a lot of Okay. You are. <laughs> I just have not been active in the foundation. So. Yeah. And you know what? That's the hard part, right? How do you activate our members, right? You know, right. like how do we get you and more involved, right? You know, um, so there are teams little, like if you're, if you're a member of that organization, if you're a member, then you're a member of that organization. You can go into the teams, you can see the teams and, you know, you can, there's a members, members team in there and you can talk to each other. So it's like, not the so every the whole world can see all of those repos, right? But right. if you go to the teams, just the people in the org can talk to each other. So that's kind of how um, we do, we have each committee kind of talks to each other that way too. Um, getting involved, like just sometimes just for the marketing committee, just means send me a message through there, and we can get you hooked up with some of the help wanted that we have on the repos. Um, cool. Yeah, we but we have some services that we provide, like you know you could submit content to our social handles. There's a repo that says content, and you know we can amplify that. It's just an easy process. Um, so you know the committee does. Kind of different things between social and some comms and you know that kind of thing we kind of all together do the newsletter so the marketing committee is a little more than just comms it's 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 kind of we we try to we're trying to work on benefits for our members and things like that too so um donut conf right now is everybody's knee deep in that one so the donut foundation is a major sponsor right of the of the conference um so we're hoping that you know that will help raise a lot of awareness. Well, we have during that those three days, the foundation will probably be like front and center for for the conference there. So we're hoping we get more members. Like marketing is all about driving more members and you know, right? And and driving awareness around the projects within. We have we actually have I think three or four I think uh, maintainers are speaking at .NET Conf on their projects as well. So we got them in and yeah, it's in a. It's been a lot of fun actually, uh, kind of seeing the the growth and then trying to, I guess, 
trying to act as a, you know, um, a megaphone for all of the great work that the rest of the committees are doing. That's kind of how the marketing committee works. Nice. So what, what are the dates of the, the conference? The conference is November 10 through 12. Um, okay. So the 10th is basically the launch of .NET 5. So um, we release, you're going to release .NET versions, major versions of .NET every year now. We announced that, I think, at Build. Um, so you have like, everybody knows when it's coming. Right. Um, so five, it's going to happen every November. We'll release a, a major release of .NET every November. So .NET 5 is the first of that uh, in that series where we do that. And, you know, basically it's just the next version of .NET Core. And we are pulling in and bringing in more workloads. So, so we're a little delayed on basically unifying the platform and bringing like ahead of time and like all the goodness of mono into the platform. We're a little delayed on that because of COVID, to be honest. Um, yeah. So we really wanted .NET 5 to be that unified, you know, one implementation. Um, we have unified like the BCL and that sort of stuff. It, you know, the Blazor now uses core BCL. And yeah. so we're, we are doing, you know, we are working towards that unification, but all the SDKs, like everything, Xamarin, all that, it's still, we're still in the middle of that journey. We hope to, we hope to be completely um, unified, meaning like one .NET uh, by the .NET 6 timeframe which will be an LTS release. So it'll be your long-term support release. So nice. yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Then I can retire and, you know, <laughs> move. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. So with you being on .NET marketing, I do have to ask a question. So what's the current story for desktop development for Microsoft's, you know, desktop story? Cause it's been, you know, I, you know, started with, you know, well, I got my MVP in Silverlight and, you know, then moved over to the, the, the Windows dev team and such, you know, from mm -hmm. that standpoint, but I get questions on that, you know, a lot about, is there any reason to write, you know, desktop, you know, native apps and things and such like that. So kind yeah, of I mean, where, where y'all standing on that right now? There's still obviously, so there's still obviously a, a, a reason to, to build native applications. The the vision that I think we tried to lay, lay out with the .NET team is cross-platform native, um, not necessarily Windows specific. Uh, however, we we're like .NET 5 will have like a full end-to-end, -end, all the designers, click once, third first party controls, all work with WPF and WinForms on the core, on .NET. Right. Right. So like we're bringing our current customers that are on those Windows app models forward, you know, um, UWP, like the flavors of UWP, that's WinUI is the next version of that. Right. That's actually by the Windows team itself um, that will run on top of five. But at, as part of five, we're trying to bring forward the Windows desktop so that there is a path forward for WPF and WinForms, which okay. we still have millions of customers, you know, on those platforms. Um, going forward, though, I think our vision is really more about, you know, enabling cross-platform native uh, development, you know, it, you know, whether that's like the next, you know, the evolution or revolution of, of Xamarin um, forms, um, it's just still a little early to tell, but the idea is we announced .NET and MAUI at right. Build, and that's, you know, multi-platform app UI. And that's kind of where we feel that that's really where your cross-platform native, you know, development of the future will be on .NET 5, 6, 7. Um, so that's where we we stand. Whether Now, what happens in between that? A lot of things can happen. 
.NET is sort of like the foundation of a lot of stuff, right? So like, you know, we support Windows, we support whatever is coming next, right? So um, there could be other, other things as well. I mean, we even have Blazor mobile bindings for Blazor and you can use, you know, even mix and match web and native technologies in your solutions today too. So um, we'll see, but I don't like to make like, you know, statements about other you know groups like windows so i'm not quite sure what they they have in mind exactly but from the net perspective um maui is sort of like the next generation of, of native cross-platform ui excellent and that's slated the first versions of that next year sometime is that yeah so we're, we're targeting .NET 6 for that it's okay. in development so you can go to you know github.com whack.net whack maui m-a-u-i okay excellent. Take a look at the progress. We're gonna have a lot of, in the meantime though, we'll have a lot of, you know, great features for Xamarin, Xamarin Forms 5 and, and that sort of stuff too. And, you know, there's, they're, they're still very targeted and very awesome for building mobile applications. But, you know, the idea is like, you know, that's moving it forward will expand to other, other desktop and um, native scenarios on other operating systems too. So we'll see. Very cool. I'm excited to see it. I always like new stuff coming out. So. <laughs> always all right well um hey i appreciate you coming out um before we wrap this up any final thoughts or advice you have for the developers out there yeah i mean i just think like just don't give up <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> especially like I, I think that's also a good just it right now like life kind of sucks in general so you know just like making sure that you know find some find like find something happy in, in what you're doing every day. And if that's, you know, sharing some code that you wrote with a colleague or sharing some code that you wrote with the world or helping someone out, you know, in a forum or, you know, at the grocery store, you know, <laughs> try it, you know, like just try and try and try and keep your chin up. Cause I know it's really tough for a lot of people right now. Yeah, it, it is. So why well, again, appreciate you coming out. Um, so where can everyone get a hold of you, Beth? Yeah. So like Twitter, at Beth Massey. That's the easiest way to get to me. Perfect. Well, there you go. We'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes and as also links to the foundation and to the conference as well, because this don't know the date, but this will be out for the conference. So Sweet. I appreciate you coming out and we'll hopefully have you back on sometime down the road. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the developer's road. If you like this episode, please make sure to give it a like and to leave us a comment. Make sure to subscribe to The Developer's Road so you don't miss an episode. And to go to developersroad.com to keep up to date with everything going on with this podcast and much, much more. Until next time, keep one arm out the window, the wind in your hair, and I'll see you somewhere down The Developer's Road. <laughs>